So uh, we have been preaching on the Holy Spirit for quite a while now, for for a handful of weeks, um, and we're we're staying on the topic of the Holy Spirit today. The title of my message is the Three Witnesses. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be all over the place, friends. If you want my notes, email me after the service, and I'll send you my my notes with all the scriptures. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of content here, so I'm gonna be a little faster than normal. So we're gonna open in Hebrews chapter six. Um, Verses 1 through 3, uh, the writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead work and of faith toward God, the, doctrines of, the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So the writer of Hebrews um, is saying here, I'd like to move on from the grade school school instruction um, that that you all know and that we've been laying that that foundational, those foundational truths for you. And I want to start teaching deeper and meatier subjects to you. And he considers such things as repentance from dead works and faith toward God and other principles as foundational. And so do we. One of those foundational teachings is the doctrine of baptisms, with an S on the end, plural, baptisms. And that word is baptizo. It means to bury, to completely immerse. I think our religious traditions have made the topic of baptisms harder than it needs to be. I believe many Christians need help in seeing that Scripture indeed teaches about three separate and distinct baptisms. And I do think that this can be pretty confusing. I I think it's actually, I mean, there is somewhere that we can look and go, okay, I need clarity on this. So I just want to bring clarity to some Scripture today. So let's look at Ephesians 4. 4 through 6, Paul says this, There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. It can be a little confusing. Here Paul says there is one baptism, but he also says there is one spirit, one Lord, one Father, one God. He says that there is one God, but he calls out each person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He calls them out, Father, Lord, Spirit. One God in three persons. In the same way, although there is one baptism, There are three distinct forms of that baptism for believers. So this morning, I want to give quite a few biblical examples of all three baptisms. Because as the writer of Hebrews states, we can't go on to maturity unless we have a solid understanding of this elementary truth. The first baptism is different for us because we don't consider it a baptism. And and quite honestly, you know, 
That That's the way I've always looked at it. But let's see what scripture refers to it as, okay? So I'm going to read through these four pretty quick. So you might want to write these down. Then you can hop back later and look them up instead of looking them up because then you might get left behind there. Um, so let's look at that first baptism. Um, baptism into Christ or into salvation or into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Romans 6, 3 through 4. Romans 6, 3 through 4. Most of my scriptures are going to be out of the uh, New American Standard. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. That Once again, that word baptizo, that buries, immersed. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So friends, just so you know, this is talking about our salvation. This isn't talking about the immersion into water and water baptism. This is talking about being identified with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Next verse, um, or next next passage. Um, Galatians three twenty six through 28. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Once again, here's this message of unity. One. You are one in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read verse 3 and then I'm going to skip ahead to verse 13. So 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says this. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Down to verse 13. For by one Spirit, and that's capital S, the Holy Spirit, we were baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So again, friends, this is not referring to water baptism. Water baptism, by the way, is done by disciples. Who are disciples? Me and you, followers of Jesus. So water baptism is done by disciples. That's what disciples of Jesus do. And this is not referring to baptism in the Holy Spirit, which we're going to see here in a minute, is what Jesus does. This is the baptism through the blood of Jesus And into his body that the Holy Spirit does. That only comes about through the work of the Holy Spirit. See, when we're saved, we we come to Jesus just as we are. And as filthy and as foul and as beat up as we are when we come to him, he gives us salvation just as we are. And that word is called justification. But then there's another word that describes our salvation. It's called sanctification. And that is what the Holy Spirit does in strengthening us to live the Christian life, to walk the Christian walk. And every day to grow more and more looking like Christ. And he does this by reminding us of everything Jesus said. The Holy Spirit does this by teaching us, by helping us. Jesus says, there's another helper, another teacher just like me. 
Okay? So when we get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes us, fully immerses us. We are buried into the body of Christ, into a new life. So now I want to talk to about the next baptism, and that's the baptism into water by disciples. After a person is saved, uh, oftentimes, majority of the time in Scripture, what we see that next step is, um, for a new believer, is water baptism. I will say this, it doesn't have to be. Um, man, you can give your life to Christ and you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit first. You don't have to be baptized in water first. We just see a, a precedent there. And also we see, as in the case with Jesus, when he was baptized in water, he was also baptized in the Holy Spirit. So let's not put boundaries on, on what, what God can do. Um, so let's look to Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Then we're going to read a passage that most of us are really familiar with. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is water baptism that we read about, that they're talking about here, that Jesus has instructed. And water baptism is a sign of new life that we have in Christ. But it's not just a sign. It's not just a sign. This is not just representative. It's more than that. It is a cutting of the flesh, of the sinful nature, and a burying of the old person. Once again, that word baptizo, to bury, to immerse. When the Israelites went through the Red Sea, they were baptized. They left the old life of slavery behind. And they came forward out of the Red Sea into a new life. See, friends, we see types of Christ all throughout the Old Testament because the Old Testament is full of prophecies and types that speak of the coming Messiah, that speak of Jesus, who is the Messiah. And that's when we see that passage through the Red Sea. That's what that represents. So I want to move into, we're we're pretty familiar with water baptism. I want to move into the next baptism, the third baptism. And that's baptism in the Holy Spirit, or baptism into the Holy Spirit by Jesus. So did you know that there are only five, (laughs) I say five, but I'm holding up ten, there are only five, five events um, that are retold in the Bible that are in every one of the Gospels, in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, and in John. There's only five reports or accounts that are listed in all four Gospels. So they're probably pretty important, right? So what are those five? Number one, the birth of Jesus. That's the first. Number two, the death of Jesus. Number three, the resurrection of Jesus. All huge things, right? Number four, the feeding of the 5,000. And number five, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's listed in all five Uh, All four Gospels, plus Acts, plus other books of the Bible. So here are the accounts of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I'm just going to read the ones in the Gospels. Matthew 3.11, and this is John the Baptist speaking, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mark 1, 
7 through 8. Mark 1, 7 through 8. And he was preaching, once again, John the Baptist, and saying, After me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke three sixteen. Luke 3.16, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one, and I love that it's a capital O, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I, I love that there's this contrast between water and fire, by the way, that John points out, I baptize you with water, and, and this isn't the same baptism that Jesus is going to do. Jesus is going to baptize. He's got something new for you. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, not water. John 1, 32 through 34. John testified saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Son of God, is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Now, some people say that uh, baptism... Uh, into Jesus by the Holy Spirit and baptism into the Holy Spirit by Jesus are the same. But they can't be the same because grammatically it doesn't make sense because they have different subjects. So let me let me just kind of briefly state this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the baptism the Holy Spirit gives us when we are saved, okay? That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He baptizes us into the body of Christ, into salvation. The baptism in the Holy Spirit or into the Holy Spirit is the baptism that Jesus gives us after we are saved. If you didn't catch that, luckily our recordings are you can you can hit it up again. You can you can watch it or listen to it later. Friends, Jesus is always our perfect example. Always. Baptism involves three forms. Salvation, water, and spirit. Salvation, water, and spirit. And Jesus is our example in these baptisms, just as he is our example in everything. He was saved, he was water baptized, and he was spirit baptized. Now, some of you right now are like, what do you mean he was saved? Just, just let me unpack it. Okay, come on, stay with me. Salvation means that we are born again. Now, Jesus wasn't born again. He was born saved. He was born right. And in right standing with God from the beginning, and then he had a perfect life. Jesus was born a child of God already saved. You and I don't become children of God until we're saved. That's what scripture says. You and I have to be saved before we are a child of God. Jesus, 
So we, we see that, that he that he is saved. He was born saved. We need to be saved. Jesus was water baptized as John describes. And then Jesus was Holy Spirit baptized. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and then never left. Never left him. And just so you guys know, the same thing happens with us as well. He he doesn't flutter away. Um, The Holy Spirit was described as uh, descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit is not a dove. Doves can be scared off. Doves can be startled. Doves are kind of, I don't know what word that is. Skittish. Thank you, Kara. Skittish. The Holy Spirit is not. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he descends upon us. We are baptized in the Holy Spirit. He doesn't leave. He is with us always. So again, Jesus is our example in these baptisms, just as he is our example in everything. And if Jesus needed and received all three baptisms, how much more so do we need to receive all three baptisms? So we see this pattern all throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. We see this pattern of three, three baptisms. I want you guys to know everything written in the Word of God is legit. Everything written in the Word of God is true. Everything written in the Word of God is there for for a reason and a purpose, and it's not to be taken lightly. And one of the things that is just really big to God are numbers. And I don't have time to get into it now. It's already going to be probably a longer preach than normal. Stay comfortable. Um, but uh, numbers, and the number three is incredibly important, and we see it you know, in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we see it you know, in these baptisms, and we will see it in a moment here in Witnesses. But let's look at this pattern of three, um, three baptisms all throughout the Bible. So uh, I'm going to look at some New Testament examples right now. In Acts 2, 38, Peter says to repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. This happened on the day of Pentecost. So let's, if we bumped forward to Acts chapter 8, in verses 12 through 17, Peter preaches in Samaria, and the people believe, and they are water baptized. Then Peter and John come to Samaria to see these new believers, and they lay their hands on them and pray on them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And this took place five years after Pentecost. Let's keep going. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. This took place 10 years after Pentecost. And then finally, in Acts chapter 19, 1 through 6, Paul finds saved, believing disciples of Jesus who had only been baptized in John's baptism. In fact, Scripture shows us here that they didn't even know who the Holy Spirit was. They didn't even know there was a baptism in the Holy Spirit. So then Paul baptizes them in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes upon them and this occurred 25 years after Pentecost. The baptism in the Holy Spirit was not just something that happened at Pentecost. Jesus can baptize a person in the Holy Spirit Anytime there is a hungry, receptive, saved heart who will receive that baptism. And he still does this today. We find these three baptisms throughout the entire uh, 
Bible, both in the Old Testament and in the New. So let's look to 1 John 5, 7. And I'm going to be reading from the King James in this. And if, if you have another translation with you, um, do me a favor and just lock in on this because uh, I love the way that the, the New King James words this. Um, and I want you to really hear this. 1 John 5. Um, uh, I'll read 6 and 7 and then I'll, I'll pause and unpack something. Then I'll read verse 8. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Word is obviously Jesus. In fact, this is John writing this letter, and John um, began uh, the Gospel of John, and John 1.1 said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then he just describes Jesus as, as the one who brings light and life. So the Word is Jesus. And so John, he's using that same phrase that, that he had written in one of his other letters. Um, says there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. This verse says that these three are one. And they bear witness in, in heaven. What are they bearing witness of? Of the work of Jesus Christ. Of the, the plan of God through Jesus Christ. That's what they bear witness of. So we aren't, bear, we aren't in heaven right now. We're here on earth. So who or what is bearing witness here on earth? I'm glad you asked. Next verse. Verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Three witnesses. Once again, what are they bearing witness to? To the work of Jesus Christ. To the means of having life and having it to the fullest. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And they're bearing witness of this is what God, this is his plan. Once again, shown in threes of how he wants to have life and have it to the fullest. And one of those reasons that we can have life because we have access to the presence of God. But do you think it's important that we follow his instructions? Do you think it's important that we do it the way that he outlined in his scripture and not just once or twice, friends? He went to great lengths. Why? Because we're dense. Because I'm dense. Because you're dense. No, I'm not you. I'm talking to you. You're dense and I'm dense. We're dense. And so... The Holy Spirit inspired men to write this again and again and again in Scripture so we would get it. And sometimes we still don't. So again, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. So these are those three baptisms, kind of a reverse order, if you will. But these three witnesses on earth, it's clearly the Holy Spirit baptism, water baptism, and baptism into the body of Christ. It's salvation through the blood of Jesus. Each one of these baptisms 
represents a distinct work of grace that God wants to do in our hearts and lives to bring us into life abundant in Jesus. So I want you guys to know a real change takes place in every one of these baptisms. These these aren't symbolic. These aren't symbolic gestures. And we are baptized in salvation. Something real takes place in our lives. When we are baptized in water, and and I'm not trying to, you know, slam like sprinkling, you know, but if if you were sprinkled as a baby, that's not what this is talking about. That's not buried. That that's not submerged. And if you believed in Jesus and you haven't been baptized because you're like, oh, I was sprinkled as a baby. Um, it's not the same. Something is meant to happen. We are supposed to be changed. And when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, something changes in us. This act releases within us the supernatural empowerment to do all that God has called us to do. God has called us to do things. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers us to do this. As we've seen, Jesus commanded his disciples. He said, wait in Jerusalem until the promised Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? Because in the very words of Jesus, he said, power will come upon you. Heavenly power will come upon you in that moment when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You will be clothed with power. You would receive empowerment to be a witness for him all over the world. If I can just ask you, if you struggle with being a witness, just like take inventory right now and say, have I received the Holy Spirit baptism so that I can be a bold witness? It might be as wonderful and as simple as that. So let me condense and summarize these three witnesses in a way that is personal to you. When you are saved and baptized into the body of Christ, you become a new person. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you are baptized in water, the old person is cut off and left in the water, buried in the water, and you come up out of that water resurrected, new life. The old nature doesn't come up with you. And when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you receive the power to walk in this new life that God has given you through the work of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? These three baptisms bear witness to the supernatural work of God. Not the natural. There's nothing natural about it, friends. The supernatural work of God. And God wants to give you this complete work. I talk, I, I talk about folks, talk about Jesus to folks all the time. I talk about life to people all the time. And friends, there's a lot of Christians that are living lives of defeat and frustration and failure, and they don't know why. And then as I dig deeper, a lot of times I see that they haven't opened up their hearts and their minds to this third baptism. And just... I'm, I'm, try, I'm hoping to bring you hope today. If you, if that first description described you, man, I'm frustrated and I feel like there's a life of defeat and failure. Just ask yourself, have you opened your heart to receive 
the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. To let Jesus, your Savior, your Jesus, baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Have you opened up your mind to imagine something bigger than what your mind can grasp? Acts 1.8 says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's the biblical truth that will transform your life. But it can only happen if you humble yourself, if we humble ourselves enough to acknowledge that we need another baptism. And that should be an easy humbling. I'm, I'm just, that should be an easy humbling. Wanting more of God. Wanting a greater richness of his presence. That should be an easy humbling, friends. In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul reminds us that this concept of three baptisms is not a New Testament concept. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2 says this, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now these things happened as an example and they were written for our instruction. These things written in the Old Testament were for, they were written for our instruction upon whom the end of the ages have come. So in verses one through two, he reminds believers how the Israelites were baptized. They were baptized into Moses, which was their form, their deliverer. He was a type of Christ. Moses was a forebearer of that type of deliverer. So they were baptized into Moses, a type of Christ. They were baptized in the sea, which is made up of fishes, yes, but water is where I was going, water, and baptized in the cloud, which represents the Holy Spirit. And in verse 11, Paul says that the story of Israel's journey was recorded to serve as an example for us, for believers today. And if it's true that God provides these examples for our instruction, I would ask you, what example are you following? The word of God clearly teaches that we should be baptized into the deliverer. And friends, our deliverer is Jesus Christ. The word clearly instructs us that we should be baptized into water, water baptism. And it clearly instructs us that we should be baptized into the cloud, into the Holy Spirit. But in case you're still struggling a bit, let me show you one additional picture in the Old Testament. And, and honestly, I feel like this is the, the thing I've, I've prayed all week long. I've prayed you grasp this revelation because it's huge. It's huge. And even now, Lord, let us grasp this revelation. Lord, let everyone who's listening and seeing this grasp this revelation. Lord, let me gain a greater measure of understanding and revelation of this. The example we're going to look at is the tabernacle. See, the tabernacle was a portable tent complex that God instructed Moses and the Israelites to construct as they wandered in the wilderness. And God provided incredibly detailed and specific instructions about how they were to build and lay out and furnish 
this structure. The tabernacle had an outer court. And then it had an interior space called the holy place. And then a smaller space within that called the most holy or the holy of holies. Maybe you've heard that term, the holy of holies. And the Ark of the Covenant was kept in the holy of holies, the place of God's manifested presence. Okay? That's what the holy of holies was, the place of his manifested presence. And it wasn't just anyone who could wander in off the street and come into the the most holy place at any time. That wasn't how it worked. For a matter of fact, coming into the presence of God as a sinful and a fallen person was bad for your health, meaning it was deadly. You would die. Uh, The glory and the purity of God were so great that if you came in in an unworthy manner, you were dead. Thank God that Jesus has paid the price and put us in right, right standing with God today. So according to the strict instructions God gave to Moses and Aaron and to the Levitical priests, a high priest needed to go through a series of stations. Anyone want to guess how many stations? Take a guess. Three. Three. You're, you're right, you're right. I, saw, I heard all that. You're right. Three stations or three tasks before he could enter into the Holy of Holies. Again, three witnesses. First, the priest had to sacrifice a spotless, perfect, unblemished lamb on the altar, shedding its blood. Next, the priest went to a basin filled with water called a laver, where he washed and made himself ceremonial clean. Finally, the priest went into a place where he was anointed with oil, where they poured oil oil upon him, upon his head, and it ran down. And then, and only then, could the priest approach the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. Now I'm certain I don't have to explain the symbolism and the significant uh, nature of these steps to you. But I'm going to anyways, because that's what I do. I explain, I unpack. So number one, the blood of the spotless lamb is clearly the blood of our spotless, perfect lamb, Jesus Christ. This is clearly a reference to salvation bought with the blood of Jesus. Number two, the washing with water at the laver represents water baptism. This one's, I mean, it's so clear. But friends, I mean, if we're totally honest, the third one is just as clear. The oil has always been a symbol for the Holy Spirit in Scripture. The pouring of anointing oil over the head of the priest is an amazing picture of the anointing upon a believer being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Remember the sermon that Peter delivered immediately after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? Do you remember that? We see it in Acts chapter 2. Go back and read it. In response to Peter's preaching, a number of his Jewish listeners fall under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And listen to this really key question they ask. Acts 2, 37 and 38. Now when they heard this, when they heard this anointed, compelling sermon by Peter, 
on the day of Pentecost, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And listen to the three things that Peter replies with. He says to them, Repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice that responds with active verbs. You ask what what can we do? Here's what you can do. And he outlines for them what needs to be done. He outlines for them all three baptisms. He says, number one, repent. This is the vital primary step used in the baptism of salvation. Repent of your sins. Change your mind and turn to God and his way of thinking and his plan. Repent. Then number two, he says, be baptized. Peter urges his listeners to follow Jesus' example in water baptism. And then receive. His third bit of instruction was receive. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the third baptism. I I have good hands. I mean, I just, I have good hands. Anyone in the room could throw something at me and I'm probably going to catch it. I mean, within reason. You know, we got to receive. I'm just letting you know, you got to receive the Holy Spirit. And anyone in this room right now could throw something at me and, and in this stance, I ain't receiving nothing. With my arms crossed or my heart crossed or my mind crossed, I'm just letting you know I receive nothing. It's only with open hearts, open minds, open hands that we receive the Holy Spirit. As Peter indicates here, the Holy Spirit will not force himself on anyone. It's not what he does. He must be received. Received from whom? Jesus. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. In spite of the clear instructions regarding the three baptisms we've been discussing here's what I see many believers do uh, I see them say uh, yeah I, I, I received the blood of the lamb I, I received that yeah I, I received salvation and you know what water baptism I'm good I, I'm done I'm, I'm baptized um, but this is one of my nicer shirts uh, well it's not one of my nicer shirts but it is a nice shirt so it's a shirt and I just don't want oil getting all over it. That's messy um, and unpredictable. How do you stop oil? It could go everywhere. So I'm good with two out of the three. Are you good with that? Can I come straight into the presence of God with two out of three? I mean, I've got, come on, that's 66%. That's almost passing. It's not passing, but it's good, right? When Jesus prescribes something, the way to receive that is to follow his instruction. As a matter of fact, he says, you're friends. You are my friend if you do what I say. If you follow my instruction, if you trust me enough to follow my instruction. We see it all throughout scripture. He just wants us to trust him. And God has laid it out in the word. And if we want full, unfettered access into the presence of God at any time, we got to follow his instruction. 
And that includes an open heart towards the Holy Spirit. And if our heart's open to the Holy Spirit, we, we ask Jesus to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and we receive him. If you want to enjoy the fullness of God's presence and power, you need to come to God the way that he's instructed. Or let's just go ahead and personalize that from Jesus. Imagine Jesus saying, if you want to enjoy the fullness of my presence and power, you need to come the way that I've ordered and instructed. The three witnesses, the blood of the lamb, the water of the laver, and the anointing oil, clearly representing the three baptisms, salvation, water baptism, spirit baptism. Is it possible, and I'm asking you to ask yourself this, is it possible that you're a born-again believer, you're, you're, you're a Christian, you're saved, you've given your life to Christ, but maybe you've missed on one or two of these baptisms, these others. Maybe because you were baptized as a baby when you had no say in the matter. Maybe you haven't been water baptized because you think you thought you didn't need it, but I'm telling you, you need it. Maybe you, you didn't receive enough instruction on it. Now you have. A wonderful work of grace is available to you. Wonderful blessings are available to you, and you're missing out on those blessings if you haven't received those other baptisms. I'm just being honest. Because I want you to receive them. We, as a team at Impact Rock Church, as a pastoral team, we want you to receive those blessings and walk in those blessings and have access to those blessings all the time. Or perhaps you've neglected or even resisted this third baptism. This third baptism of the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. So I, I urge you, and I, I really do, man, I urge you to right now to set aside whatever obstacles have kept you from yielding, fully yielding to God and to all he has for you. That obstacle could be fear. It could be incorrect teaching. It could be bad teaching. It could be pride. It could be stubbornness. It could be I'm already set in my ways. I've already, I've already, you know, gone this long in life, and I'm good. Friends, set it aside. Those are obstacles preventing you from receiving life abundant. God's got cool more. He's got more. So, will you overcome those today so that you can experience? the absolute fullness that God has for you. Taking this step is as simple as asking and receiving. And the person you're asking is Jesus. Your Jesus. Your Jesus. Your Savior. Your healer. Your friend. Your deliverer. Your Jesus. Asking your Jesus, whom you trust completely, asking him, Jesus, you see my heart. And I'm opening it up to you right now. 
Will you baptize me with your Holy Spirit? Let's just take a moment and do that right now. Let's just close your eyes. And I'm talking to adults and I'm talking to teens and I'm talking to kids. Uh, uh, Children, I am talking to you. He is your Jesus. And if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, all you've got to do is call out to your Jesus and say, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. This isn't just for adults. This isn't for people that have been saved a long time. This isn't for people who have, you know, some measure of maturity. This is for every believer. So let's just do that right now. Let's just close our eyes. Let's block everything else out. Say, Jesus, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Would you please baptize me in the Holy Spirit now? Jesus, would you please baptize me in the Holy Spirit right now? you to know if you pray that simple prayer he will baptize you and actually if you prayed it he has baptized you in the Holy Spirit and good things are about to follow good fruits and gifts and outpourings and expressions are about to follow it's awesome don't don't wait for bells and whistles right now Don't, don't, don't look for fireworks right now Jesus is true. He's the most trustworthy thing in this world. Don't wait for some... I I, I get it. I get it. We look for evidence. We want evidence right now. Friends, I don't need evidence when I know it's Jesus giving it to me. Evidence will come. I don't have to just put him on the spot and say, I need it now. It'll come because he's going to... He's baptized you in the Holy Spirit if you've asked for it. Evidence will come. And that evidence might not come the way you think it is that it will it could come in any way he wants now here's another call if there's anyone out there who doesn't know Jesus oh my gosh he's so good and he's the only way to life he's the only way to heaven he's the only way that gets you to the father there is no other way there is no other way living a good life won't work and you ain't that good Uh, following scripture and following a list of do's and don'ts won't get you there. It's only through Jesus, only through acknowledging I need you, the Savior, Jesus. So I give you my life. I repent of my sins. I change my mind. I change my heart. Lord Jesus, actually, I need you to change my heart. I can't change my heart. I need you to change my heart. But I do change my mind. And I believe. If that's you, the Bible tells you this. Everyone who calls upon the name of the the Lord, who calls on the name of Jesus, shall be saved. So just say that right now. Jesus, save me. Would you save me? I believe in you. I don't understand it all. I don't have all the answers. I'm so young and so unlearned in certain things. But I'll trust you to teach me. Would you save me right now? And if you do that, the simplicity of that call, you're saved. You are saved. You just got to tell someone about it because you got to link arms with people so that we can walk this out together and not alone. So here's what we want you to do. If you have prayed either of those prayers to Jesus today, email us at the end of the service. There's an email address, a graphic that's going to come on the screen, and it'll tell you how to email us. 
Email us and let us know. And, and leave your phone number so we can call you and be like, yes, this is awesome. What can we do? Can we get you a Bible. We'll go buy you a Bible. Can we get you in a Bible study? We'll do that. We'll, we'll just talk about the, the cool next steps to, to help grow you and strengthen you. We're in it with you. We're with you. You're not having to do it alone. I don't care where you are. We're with you. If you need prayer for anything else, use that same email address. And we'll we'll pray for you. Someone will call you today. Someone will call you in the morning while it's still morning. And we'll pray with you. I love you guys. I tell you what, we have loved talking about the Holy Spirit. We have loved it because the Holy Spirit is awesome. He's wonderful. And if you haven't done that yet today, if you haven't called out to Jesus and said, Jesus, baptize me in your Holy Spirit, I just strongly encourage you, do it. It will change your life. It'll be the best decision you've made since the decision you've trusted your life in Christ.